Hey everybody, welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Coming up in this episode, we're going to explore the life of a Las Vegas showgirl and then find out who's really the best at Mario Kart. Long story short, I broke my ankle and my mom was like, you are such a fabulous little dancer. Go to Las Vegas and be a Las Vegas showgirl. And I was like, ugh, uh, I'll try, mom. And then I did my first topless show in Laughlin because I was like, oh, you know, it's Laughlin. No one's going to see me. And if, if anybody does, I'll just deny it. And then I'll just say I never did it. And the second I went down there and did it, I was in love. It was like the most freeing thing ever. Pacquiao was punching, I think it was Coda. And like blood was going everywhere. And I think I got blood on me being in the front row. And I was just uh, a bricklayer who's doing that. And that's that's <laughs> impressive to me. All right. <laughs> Out of everything, you had to pick a bricklayer. Yeah. What do you got against bricklayers? I have nothing against bricklayers. Seems just, like you do. This is really embarrassing, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, I'm a sucker for like candle sales. He's number two. I, I I understand that idea that like he has to be up there simply because he is like the it's Mario Kart and he's Mario, but he's just not that. It's like who are you gonna pick? Ooh, Mario. What kind of ice cream are you gonna get? Ooh, vanilla. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So really quickly, think of Las Vegas. One of the first things that comes to my mind is showgirls. Joining us on this show is one of the best out there because she's not just a showgirl. She's a professional dancer. She's a model. She's been a ring girl at some of the biggest fights. And she's the associate producer of Fantasy at the Luxor, which is one of the longest running shows. This is Mariah Rivera. How did you kind of get started on this career path, so to speak? Well, I've danced since I was three years old, and I just I've always loved being on stage. And um, I actually played sports growing up. Um, had a bunch of scholarships for uh, to play basketball. And long story short, I broke my ankle, and my mom was like, you are such a fabulous little dancer. Go to Las Vegas and be a Las Vegas showgirl. And I was like, ugh, uh, I'll try, Mom. And came out to Vegas, auditioned, and I've been out here uh, professionally dancing for 15 years now. So I've been very lucky. When you go through that audition process, like how old were you at the time? I was 18. Did you know anybody out there? Or did you just head straight out to Vegas? My dance teacher, um, her daughters were out here. And so they kind of like walked me through it. And I lived with um, one of uh, her daughters for about three months till I got on my feet. Um, but the audition process was hard. I because I didn't have any clue what I was doing. But eventually you just figure it out. But it, it's tricky. <laughs> Now, did you get it on the first audition, or did you have to do it multiple times in no, different places? I think that at, at that point, um, there was lots of auditions in um, Vegas, so there was like one uh, one or two a day. So I went to probably 10 before I booked my first one, which took about a month, which really isn't long, but in my head, I was just felt like, oh, I'm just a failure. I just keep going to these things, and I everyone's wearing hip-hop clothes, and I'm wearing showgirl clothes, and I'd go to the next audition wearing hip-hop like. It was just completely it, – it took a minute to get, like, what show I was auditioning for and what, you know, what everyone would be wearing. So then I would just go super early to auditions and then change in the bathroom when I saw everybody else walk in. And I just literally bring, like, a closet full of clothes. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, were you out of place necessarily or was it just a process of figuring out, like, what oh, you're supposed to be doing? I was completely out of place. Like, I didn't know like, – I didn't have a headshot or resume when I first showed up to the auditions – I really, I mean, I'm, I'm a, from a small town, Grand Junction, Colorado, and I really had no interest in being a, 
a performer and just kind of fell into it. Dumb luck, really. And luckily, I, I had danced my whole life, so I was capable of, of doing it. But I, I was very, very embarrassing. I, looking back, I would cringe, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like everybody feels that way about the way that they acted at 18. Yeah, that's true. Did it's, Now, is there a style of dancing that you necessarily specialized or specialize in? Uh, growing up, I took tap, ballet, and jazz was my main thing. But like nowadays, everyone has, like, so you think you can dance and all these amazing tricks. And I'm definitely not in any caliber of that kind of dance anymore. I'm 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 an older dancer a little bit, so I have no interest in hurting myself. And I just I love performing, so whatever I can do to get through my dance, like be able to perform on stage, that's I guess would be my specialty, not necessarily like oh lyrical or contemporary or gymnastics. I can I can I love to perform, so I can make anything look decent. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> when people think of like a showgirl dancing, is that? I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is kind of the big headdress walking around. Is that is that what it is, or is that something else? Traditionally, that is um, that, that is the Las Vegas showgirl. I mean, that's you know the beauty, the you know beautiful lines, the legs, the headdresses, the feathers, the sparkles. That's why I came to Vegas. That's you know everything that I wanted to do. I'm a little short for like the super tall showgirl shows. Like I auditioned for Jubilee, but I was an inch too short, and at the time they were not taking anybody shorter than five eight. So I never got to do that show, which that was a beautiful show. Um, but I did get to do a lot of showgirl shows. And the current show that I'm in, Fantasy, is kind of a modern take. It's, um, we don't wear the, he- well, we wear the headdresses for one number, but it's, it's definitely more modern, more today. Is it that specific when they're looking for somebody? Like, sorry, we need someone who's 5'8", and you're 5'7", and three quarters. Absolutely. It depends on, um, I don't think it's as strict anymore. But, like, Jubilee had, like, a super tall line, and so then they had places. And it's still, auditions can be very specific um, if they're looking for something. Like, our show, um, I'm a company manager and associate producer, so it's fun to be on the other side auditioning people. But amazing dancers could come through, and if we, you know, just lost a blonde in the show, that's really what we're casting for. So at at that time, even if, you know, you're not um, chosen, that doesn't mean we didn't like you. It was just we were specifically looking for a blonde to fill that spot and then is that a struggle for people because we've talked to some actors and people who are in entertainment and other podcasts and they said that they've kind of said the similar thing that like it's it's not necessarily about just being good if they're not looking for a certain type and you're not that type you're not getting that job does that wear on you it can definitely when i was auditioning it was it, it was really hard like it was definitely you have to get a thick skin you have to not mentally you know, be like, oh, I'm terrible. I didn't get this job. Like, you just have to know the business. Are they are they looking for good dancers, or are they looking for something else, so to speak? Especially fantasy. I've done lots of other shows where it was just the dancing or just the right look. But we do so many interviews, um, uh, charity work. We go in front of the media a lot. You have to be able to speak. You have to be kind. You have to be beautiful. You have to be an amazing dancer. And then you have to be able to perform on our stage. Some people, because we only have eight dancers a night, do much better in like a chorus type show where they're, you know, really good backup dancers. And this show, you really need to have that special it factor and be able to stand out on your own with other amazing dancers. We like all eight dancers to have their own quote unquote fantasy with the audience and really be a strong performer and entertainer. So 
it's 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 really hard when we're looking for new cast members because you have to have all of the characteristics. You said that you were an associate producer, so are you still actively dancing, or are you more behind the scenes now? I dance six nights a week in the show. Do you have like sick days? I mean, can you call out? Is it like a regular job? It, it is. Our show. Um, is lucky because we do run seven days a week so we have lots of extra swings so that everyone gets a day off i've definitely been in shows where if we were six days a week you you were there every single day and if you weren't then you were going to get fired if there was any reason why you i mean i've had food poisoning and been throwing up in the wings and then my my dance captain's pushing me on stage like you have to go it doesn't matter so the, our show is much more like a regular job we have you know our, our boss, Anita Mann, is absolutely amazing. She gives us um, the full-time girls sick days. We re- she really, really takes good care of us. So I'm very lucky. What goes into putting on a show? Oh, a lot. Is that, is that, <laughs> our show, um, is that too broad of a question? Definitely starting a show is a lot harder. Um, Anita started Fantasy 20 years ago, so I wasn't around for all of the initial stuff that, that goes into that. I, that whole process is is beyond hard work it's you you have to get costumes i think um anita had six weeks to write a show put a show cast a show get costuming before it had to be uh, before it went on stage at the luxor for the first time which in six weeks is a huge feat so i i wish i was around for that but i know she obviously did a great job and it runs pretty smoothly so i do do a lot of work but we're kind of a well-oiled machine now that it's it's tricky, but it's not unbearable, if that makes sense. Is the tricky part of it necessarily the dancing and the dance routines, or is it more the kind of people management, so to speak? Both. Um, every year, uh, this show is different because some shows will just stay the same for years and years, and we change the show every year, and we do a big calendar release in October always. So like right now, we're in the process of we just learned three new dance numbers, um, from choreographer Mandy Moore, who is amazing. She was on So You Think You Could Dance and all the shows. She's just amazing. But she choreographed three new numbers. So we've been in rehearsal for a month learning those shows. And so we're trying to put them into the show. So this is always like our busiest time of the year where we're, you know, on stage work, working on lighting and making sure all of our dancers know the new numbers. But then once those go in, it's really, you know, we do the show every single night. So if you didn't do it right one night, you're going to get it right the next night. You just keep going. It's I mean, I really wouldn't call my job hard, but if it was, it's, you know, keeping everybody happy. I'm really, I try to keep a nice, calm room, smooth it out as much as possible. Essentially, I mean, how much do you make? Like, do you make a pretty good living doing it, or do you have to kind of have side projects? I do make a good living um, just doing the show, but I I love to, to do extra gigs. I think I probably do two or three extra extra gigs a week mainly because I have amazing, amazing agents and they always want to put me on these really fun events. Um, and I, I went to school for accounting, so I really do like money. I like to make it. I like to count it. Um, and, and a dancer and a model's career is so short. It's a little bit longer in Vegas, which is very, I'm very lucky, but, um, I know at some point my phone will stop ringing and stop wanting me for certain things and, and I'll stop wanting to do extra things too. I'm sure. So right now, I just take advantage and take everything that I can get because I am very lucky that they still call me. Is that just kind of the business, or do you feel like that's not fair that once people kind of lose their looks, so to speak, that they're out? I mean, 
I, that's a good question. I do, I do think it's just part of the business. And I think everybody that is in show business knows that. And if you don't work hard to either transition into like a, a management type of, of entertainment or um, transition into being a singer or get different shows where age doesn't matter, eventually everyone will. And, and your body can't do what it did when it was 18. It's just unfortunate part of life. And if you can't physically do the job, then you're out. <laughs> it, it, so it's, it's just part of part of show business. That's that's what I was going to say. It's just kind of thing that it's okay if everybody knows the rules of the game. Does that make sense? Is that a way to put it? Yes, I, I 100% agree with that. So the the first time that you walked out in front of a big audience, what was that like? Oh, I mean, because since I played sports, like I've danced my whole life, like I was always the one. Like if it was last set, you know, there was three seconds on the clock. Um, I always wanted to be the one with the ball. I always wanted to, you know, have, and we'd have like stadiums full of, of people watching our games and we were uh, really good. And so I, a huge audience is so much, it's like, it's a calming for me. It's as soon as I see the people, it's like my heart lights up everything. So the bigger, the better the audience is for me. I can't think of one specific time where I was just like, Oh my God, this, this is it. But every time I go on stage and there's an audience, it's just makes my heart so happy. Is that because, more of like, I'll use this word, but I don't necessarily mean this word. Is that more because of the attention that goes along with it? Or do you just like the performance aspect? Or is it kind of a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. I definitely, I mean, I think anybody that trains hard, that works hard, that puts a lot of time into their craft, wants to be able to share it with everybody. And I've just always been that way. I'm I'm sure it's the attention I it's so funny. Like I could dance in front of a million people, but I was so deathly shy growing up. I literally could not talk in front of like three people. I would literally like lose it if I had to give like a speech in class. That's so interesting that people are kind of contradictions in that sense. You know, that you're very nervous and shy about some things and completely not about others. And you have a career as a showgirl, but you went to school for accounting. That's, those are kind of interesting to me. I, I'm, I'm a very, uh, non-traditional showgirl uh and i think because i i didn't really ever set my goal of it and like i know kids that danced and they were in competition they were competition dancers and then they went to college for dance and they it just makes sense that they would be dancers me i've kind of always just been good at anything that i try not you know not the best not the great you know and so i've always had options i'm like oh, i don't know what i really want to do because it's you know, I could go this way or I could, you know, do this or I, I like to make money. So, you know, corporate America, that seems like the safest route. And but then, you know, this my show business side. I'm like, oh, well, that sure seems fun for a little bit. And 15 years later, I'm still doing it. So obviously it is where I'm supposed to be. But I kind of always works out for me, luckily. Knock on wood. <laughs> Are you a similar, like the most showgirls, are they in it for kind of the long haul? I mean, are they going to be in the business for 5, 10, 15 years, or are they kind of flash in, flash out? We, we have a, a, a mixture of all. I think, you know, some people just want to come to Las Vegas and, and do the, the showgirl headdress thing and get their pictures for Instagram. And then, you know, six months later, they're like, okay, next, uh, now I want to try hair school, hair school or, you know, but then you have... Our show is is very lucky. I think um, the longest the, a girl's been in, in fantasy is fifteen or sixteen years. Do they have to? Do you guys have to retry we, we out? Don't make, we don't make our current dancers re audition. 
but we do get contracts every year and you know like if a girl let's say gains weight we're like okay you know let's you know you're kind of you know not on on path to where you need to be so let's try to get you on path and then if for whatever reason they can't then sometimes my boss will put them down to a swing contract until they get their you know whatever issue is but we rarely rarely have that problem so and our our boss is so loyal so usually as long as a girl wants to stay and she's still at her top of her game she can usually stay as long as she wants now is when you're when you're kind of dancing in a show or being a showgirl, do you have other commitments that you have to do outside of it? Like is public appearance is part of that or is that more optional? No, as a, as a full-time fantasy girl, we can do up to three events a week per our contract um, for the same rate. Um, if we do more than that, our boss uh, will pay us extra. Um, but we usually, like new show openings we do, we do a lot of red carpets, um, we do a lot of charity work, we do a lot of... Um, like the call centers and different people to keep promoting our show. We walk around the lobby of Luxor handing out coupons because it takes, it takes a lot to keep a show running and keep it fresh and keep people in the seats. So um, we're definitely contracted to do a lot of appearances and be, make it known that, that we're still here. (laughs) Is fantasy the one that was who, that had the girls next door person in it, or is that something else? Am I thinking of something else? That, that, that was Peep Show, and okay. that came in, and um, yeah, that was only, uh, I think it was in Vegas for four years, which was a great show, but it, I mean, it's just, it's really hard to keep a show running, and everything keeps closing. It's really, it's really sad as, as a dancer, because all of your options go away. You're like, oh, I want to try this show and this show, and everything keeps closing, so I'm definitely not moving away from fantasy. Are people coming to less and less showgirl kind of shows? Are they getting away from that? Um, I think that when most of the shows closed, it was more of a um, DJ scene where the DJs became really hot. So all of the hotels kind of jumped on the bandwagon like, we don't want shows. Let's just have, you know, big nightclubs and DJs. And that, that'll bring, really bring the money in. And I think a lot of shows lost their footing during that time. Um, cause there was a point where like every single week I would hear of another show closing and it's, I mean, as a, as a dancer, especially, I mean, they don't pay us like a headliner, like a Celine Dion. We're not, we're definitely doing it for the love of dancing, not to become rich. But every time I hear a show closing, it's just like these people, you know, come to Vegas, build homes, build families. And when a show closes, it's just, it's heartbreaking for the specifically for the dancers is who's my heart, who my heart goes out to a, a, a typical audience is it is it men is it women what does a typical audience look like we have a really wide range of um of, of audience members luckily we're usually sold out and our, our theater seats about 350 people and there's rarely been a time in the in the 11 years that i've done fantasy that it's not almost completely full we have a um a large Asian demographic that comes and sees our show, which is amazing. Um, it ranges from couples, bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. Like my family has seen it probably 15 times. My grandma loves it. She brings all of her, she's part of the, the, the red hat society. So she, and just, she's so proud. She's like, that's my daughter, the one in the middle. She's, you know, I'm like, Oh, but I, but I love it. I'm, I'm very lucky to have a family that is very open because it is a topless show that is very supportive of it. And especially when they come see it, it's so 
not what you think it would be. It's not, you know, it's very classy. It's it's different than than I think what what Middle America thinks about it. But I, once you see it, then it's like, oh, that's no big deal. When you, I mean, luckily my family thinks that. Yeah, that's was that odd to kind of have like grandma seeing you like that, or do you just you don't think about it? Like, how does that work? She wasn't as weird. The, the weirdest person was my dad to come and see the show because he was my high school basketball coach, and we just were so I was so he, you know we'd talk about sports and you know just, you know that r- rugged farmer coach type guy so when he came and saw the show he didn't really say much after he just kind of like gave me like a punch in the arm was like you did good kid <laughs> i was like okay that's that, that's all i can expect from him but i mean he's so proud but it's not he's not going to go into detail about oh this part was my favorite and you know I was I grew up in the Midwest too. I grew up in Kansas, which I feel like oh, nice. Colorado's kind of the same. Like I know that's yeah. exact I know exactly that dad response like can't show yep. real emotion. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, yeah. He's Yeah, it's probably I mean He's funny. <laughs> whatever. Were you ever nervous about the topless aspect of it? Did you ever have second thoughts about that or did you How did that How did you I, approach that? When I moved that? here I was very against being topless. Like I wasn't sure, you know, at 18, I wasn't sure if I was going to, you know, run for office or do, you know, like I had so many lofty dreams and I was like, you know, I definitely can't have that on my resume. Um, but then I would go to the, the covered auditions and there's like 300 girls there. And not that I'm, uh, it, that's where I, like those auditions were the ones that were like, Oh, this is really hard. Um, but then the, for a topless audition, usually you'll get about 20 dancers. So I'm like, I like those odds way better, obviously. Um, and then I did my first topless show in Laughlin because I was like, oh, you know, it's Laughlin. No one's going to see me. And if, if anybody does, I'll just deny it. And then I'll just say I never did it. And the second I went down there and did it, I was in love. It was like the most freeing thing ever. It's different. I didn't think I would love it. And I fell in love. Do some girls, some of the new ones, do they struggle with that? I mean, or they usually they know what they're getting into necessarily. Not to not to imply that that's anything. Not not, not to yeah. if that came out in a bad way. I didn't mean no. it that way, but just in the sense like, do do they know what they're getting into, or some they get stage fright right for that first time? I think because there's so much going on with the choreography and the, the blocking and the new girls and like so when you're actually about to do it, there's so much you don't even have time to think about it because it's and by the time you take your top off, it's like, oh, did that actually even happen? Because you're literally thinking and performing and doing so many other things at the same time that, for me at least, it, it wasn't a big deal. I think the only time it is harder for people is when their family's not on board with it, and I think that's the real struggle. Um, I've definitely seen some parents that just, I mean, not disown a kid, but really aren't art for it and those are the girls that usually end up struggling with it and then usually don't stick with it very long That's, which is sad is there i mean what's after you kind of do one of these shows like do you meet the guests are people how do people react i guess afterwards it, it depends we do a meet and greet every night after the show so we get instant uh reactions from the audience and I mean, most people love it, and most of the women will come up and be like, I had no idea what, what to expect. I bought this for my husband's birthday or, you know, whatever they say, and they're like, but I was really blown away because our, 
our singer Lorraine Apparel is so talented. Our comedian Shawnee Cooper is so funny. And then our dancers are so uh, amazing dancers. I look at them all the time. I'm like, I can't even believe I get to dance with them on stage. But then the women are just like, it's so non-threatening. It was so entertaining. I'm so, I'm so glad I came. And then they'll come back. They usually come back. And we've had guests that have seen the show over a hundred times because they just keep coming back. Um, you get a, a, a few random people that are like, you know, does your dad know what you do or does your husband know what you do? And I'm like, I mean, of course, of course, like, I don't, I don't understand that question. It's like, no, I, every single day I leave my husband and we, I say, <laughs> Oh honey, going to work, but I'm not going to tell you where. Yeah. What a weird, like, qu- it's just, <laughs> it really is. That, that, that question makes no sense to me because like they knew what they were going to go see. Why would they yeah. then like, I'm offended by the thing I knew I was going to go watch. Like, then why'd you watch it? It's bizarre, but I mean, I think sometimes people get so nervous too, like they don't know what to say, and so then we're you know shaking hands and taking pictures, and I think it's their nerves and their insecurities coming out. Do you ever kind of get the perv guy, so to speak? Do you ever get propositioned and things like that? Absolutely. Um, luckily, I mean, I always wear my wedding ring always in the show, so it's the easiest to be like, oh, you know, oh, you know, I would love to, but you know, I'm married. I mean, you know, because you're still on, you're still performing, you're still part of that fantasy, that character. Um, so our boss wants us to, you know, obviously be as polite and as businesslike as possible. But sometimes those questions, you're just like, if we weren't here right now, I would literally be killing you. Usually there's security around. So if someone's really inappropriate or out of line, we can usually step in and we don't have to handle it as much and just let security be like, okay, sir, it's time to go. That's enough of creeping out the girls. (laughs) Um, but that rare, rarely happens. We really have great audience members, and, and they're, you know, a lot of people are just curious, and, so, and the questions that they ask are, are just, you know, warranted, and they're just curious on on how we got to where we're at now. So, is there a goal moving forward? Is there a dream moving forward? Or are you kind of just you're doing this now and see what happens? Yeah, I'm kind of I. I, when I was 18, I had a, a best friend um, that was at auditioning at the same time. We just kept getting the same shows together. And I remember telling her, I was like, if I'm a 30-year-old showgirl, please come and shoot me. And then my 30th birthday happened, and now I'm 35. And I'm like, oh, if I could just be a 40-year-old showgirl, I would be so happy if I was good, if I still can hold up. I, you know, I would be so fortunate and blessed. It's just, it's just funny how, you know, different times in life you... So right now I'm just enjoying performing, enjoying people asking me for my autograph after the show, um, enjoying all the opportunities that I've been given and get to do like we just get to do so many amazing things. And it's like we just are working with Terry Bradshaw right now. And as a sports girl, I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, he's so funny and great. And because I know the end will eventually come. I'm just letting it ride and just seeing how far it can go. (laughs) Like Terry Bradshaw, Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, he's going to do a show at the Luxor, and my uh, boss, uh, Anita, is producing his show. So he has a four-day show at the Luxor, August. What would you say to somebody that might say, okay, well, this is exploiting women, or this is not what women should be out there doing? Do you get that at all? Only a little bit. Um, I mean, the concept has come up in conversation, but I feel like it's, it's the opposite of that. I feel like it's so freeing. I feel like it's so women taking charge of their life and, and we chose like no one's pushing us to be, go up there and, you know, do what we're doing. It's, 
it's absolutely like girl power. Sexy women, we're not afraid to show our bodies. There's nothing wrong with a female body, and we're just showing how beautiful and how classy we are. And it happens to be topless, but that's our choice, and that's freeing, and that's so modern, I feel. (laughs) Does does the other side of it bother you, or do you think that that's just what um, somebody else's opinion is, or... Do you think they have a valid point? Like, what do you think about the other side yeah. of that necessarily? It, it depends on the day. It definitely can bother me. Um, obviously, I can't take back anything that I've ever done. So anytime I, you know, if I were to go audition for a corporate job, I mean, it's, it's, it's who I am. And if they have a problem with it, you know, I can, I can talk like I'm all tough and like I don't care. But obviously, I care what people think about me. And um, it, it, would, it would depend on the situation. But usually I, I can brush it off. But if someone's really adamant against me as a, as a human because of the jobs that I've had, then obviously that's not a person that I need or want in my life. So you kind of have to. That makes sense. It depends on kind of who says it, when they say it, and how they say it. Like, I understand that. Yeah. Um, are, you ready? are you ready for the hard questions? Sure. What, yeah. is, what is your strangest Vegas experience? Oh, Strangest Vegas experience. Oh my God, there's so many. I wouldn't say my, my strangest moment, but definitely my best moment in Las Vegas was when I was a ring girl for the Pacquiao uh, boxing match. Like I, That was a dream come true. It was literally like all of the excitement. Derek Jeter and Will Ferrell were in the audience, and there's like a star-studded thing. That was really like, oh my God, I've, I've made it. This is really, really cool, and, and I love sports. So like they were, you know, Pacquiao was punching, I think it was Coda. Uh, a few years ago and like blood was going everywhere and I think I got blood on me being in the front row and I was just like a little tiny clip was on ESPN of me and I was like as an athlete oh my god like I was on ESPN so cool I was I was gonna ask you about that because we we purposely kind of do very very little research so that it just comes out as more of like a free-flowing conversation but you I'm kind of a boxing fan I don't know anything about it but I like to watch it um What's what's that like being a ring girl? Uh, that was amazing. My my real my my goal or my dream was to be a UFC um, ring girl because they have you know very special ring girls um, and they you know treat them and they have the same ones. But this is um, the boxing when it was at MGM. They would have they didn't have consistent ring girls, so they would always have just different anybody. Like MGM Corp would find girls and so my agent was the one that that contacted me about it and I knew it was just going to be a one-time thing so like I knew like this is the take like absolutely take everything in from this experience because you might not ever be able to do it again and it was just I mean I think I called my mom I was crying it was just like this was so cool this was definitely a highlight of my life so far I think I was well it's probably about maybe 10 years ago I forgot how many times have you seen seen showgirls Probably fifteen. Like yeah, I, it's it's so cheesy and it's so. I hated it when it first came out, but now it's kind of like that cult classic because I loved Jesse Spano on Say by the Bell, so I was like, oh my god, she's gonna be great. And it's so, it's so bad. It's such a bad movie, but I, it's so endearing. Does it? It I cracks mean, me up. Does it have any kind of resemblance to what life is really like, or is it just way off base? Uh, only. Like the behind the take away all the negativity and like the fighting between the cast and like pushing her down the stairs and that whole thing, 
take away all of that storyline and it really is like the dressing room's the same the you know the how the like the, what it's like backstage all of that stuff but I, they definitely played up her storyline as being a crazy person and and there are crazy people like her like that try to come into Vegas and, and try to you know step on whoever they can to get to the top but we're just such a small community believe it or not like Las Vegas is just so small that we, we all see those people coming a mile away and they usually burn themselves out in the first six months and then then they're gone so we don't yeah especially my show I, I hate negativity I hate attitudes I hate divas it, it's just not needed better Broncos quarterback John Elway or Peyton Manning oh that is the toughest question of all time I was such a John Elway fan oh but then Peyton came in and stole my heart I think out of the life the lifespans if we're only thinking what Peyton did with the Broncos it'd have to be John Elway but I think Peyton Manning as a quarterback overall is better than John Elway who is your favorite Mario Kart character uh, probably Luigi. My sister always got to be Mario, and then my littlest sister always was the princess, and so then I was always stuck being Luigi, but then I got a fond a fondness for him, so I would say Luigi. Luigi's a good sleeper one. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, is there anything else that you think we've missed? Anything that you got, oh. you want to get out there? What's coming up for you? Um, really, our 20th anniversary of fantasy is is really what we're focusing on and it, 20 years is such a huge accomplishment um, I think for anybody or any show um, so that's really what we've been focusing on this whole summer is in October October 10th is going to be our big um, media night calendar release um, we're inviting a, some special people to our show that night so it's going to be very exciting for everybody um, but that's really my focus for the next couple months is is putting together a great show and, and making sure we last another 10 15 20 years would be amazing i want to thank mariah so much for joining us if you want to connect with her we have linked to her on our social media accounts we're profoundly pointless on facebook twitter and instagram her social media accounts are way more interesting than ours and she also has some pretty cool giveaways that she does sometimes we've also included information about her websites in the rss feed that's in this podcast and if you want to see her show, it's Fantasy at the Luxor basically every night at 1030. Okay, so now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call, and we immediately have to confront him because his text messaging has just gotten out of control. I got it on the first ring, baby. Are you proud of that? Yeah, because last week you're like, or was it the week before, you're like, I wonder if you just sit there and wait. Ooh, but if you're getting a like, if you're getting an expected call, will you purposely wait a certain number of r- rings before you answer it? Mm, I mean, let's be honest. I don't get a whole lot of expected calls, but I know at least for today, I was I was ready. So as soon as I heard the ringer start going, I obviously answered right away. Okay, let's say somebody is calling you about a job interview, or you're going on a date, or you're about to like apply for a loan. Like it's a serious phone call. And you're you're looking at it. Are you going to go answer on the first ring, second ring, third, fourth? Like, what are you going to do? I'll probably I'll probably go second or third ring, leaning third ring. I would think that's yeah. I I completely agree with you. I think you definitely you don't go first. That seems desperate. Second, mm, you're pushing it. 
You go middle, second, third ring, though. I think that's a that's the appropriate amount of time. Like that's, yeah, I'm answering this promptly, but I'm not so desperate that I don't have anything else to do. I mean, if it's like a job interview, I would, I would for sure be probably second ring. Okay, all right, that's fair. Um, I'm glad that we're talking about phones because I'm pretty upset with you about something today. You have what? for some reason drifted into this pattern of signing your name on text messages. <laughs> you know that you know that was an accident, right? I, I actually didn't mean to do that. It's no, it, you've done it multiple times now. Don't <laughs> okay, put. Fair. So what, I didn't mean to do it. I knew. I knew as soon as I did it. I was like, oh, I actually thought to myself. For people who don't know, I, I I sent Nick a text today, which he didn't respond to. Of course, I guess that's I guess that's beyond whatever. But I accidentally at the end I put J. Which obviously my name is John, so it'd be my first initial. I actually thought it was kind of badass. I'm actually thinking I'm going to do that every time I text you now. But there's no point in doing it. I, I just why I know who I'm texting. You don't have to sign off on it. Like if group chat, okay. Like if it's a group chat and you're organizing something like a going away for party for somebody that you don't know everyone involved, maybe the first time. I should be angry with you because you didn't respond whatsoever. There's no need to respond. It was a question. I could have been waiting around my phone the last three hours, just patiently waiting for you. Well, don't put J at the end of your text message, and I won't get mad and put the phone away. Well, that's that's a terrible reason to get mad. If you get mad that easy, you need to have more sex. <laughs> don't, don't, who, Got him. Do you, do you know anyone that you could honestly say that person is having too much sex? It's just too much. <laughs> Of course not. I don't think I've known anyone in my life where I've said that. Ever. Yeah, I don't really know anybody. How much I don't believe these guys who you know you know, you're you're talking about stories or whatever and they're you know, I have a different girl every night. Okay, prove it. Yeah, I, that, that's not possibly true. Like, there's the old thing with Will Chamberlain where he came forward and said, I've had sex with 20,000 women, and then somebody did the math, and that meant he would have sex with two and a half different women every day of his life since the age of 18. And he's like, um, I may have exaggerated. Like, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Like, I no, mean, who would you say are, like, the biggest playboys of our generation? Like, Charlie Sheen? Somebody like that? It's probably okay. Uh, okay. I would actually say that it's probably someone that you've never heard about them because that's probably the real person. But the ones that you kind of hear about are like Charlie Sheen or yeah, that's really the only one. I don't pay attention really to that kind of stuff. It's probably Tommy Lee. Any, anybody no. in a rock band? I mean, I I don't think that when you get into that kind of level of fame, I don't think anybody's like doing that much better than anybody else i will say if there's one person i think and he kind of flies under the radar it would be leonardo dicaprio i think he's kind of known for it actually i think he was pretty i think in his younger days he was up there i I mean he's still he's a badass because for one he brings his mother to all the award shows but yet he has a different model on his arm every time he takes a picture well I, I don't think like like how hard is that at that point? Like if you're that famous, is is it because he's just such a great guy? Like no, he's a famous dude, and they can probably get a lot of notoriety by essentially being there by his side. Like that's not it's not difficult. You show me a bricklayer who's doing that, and that's that's <laughs> impressive to me. All right, a, br- 
out of everything, you had to pick a bricklayer? Yeah. What do you got against bricklayers? I have nothing against bricklayers. Seems like you do. I just thought it was an interesting choice of profession that just popped off the top of your head. Here's the other thing that I wanted to ask you about. How do you feel about people just liking text messages? Like they don't respond anymore, they just like it? Oh. I mean, I actually do that from time to time. Like if I don't have a response and I know the other person like is expecting a response, I'll give them a little, you know, thumbs up or I'll even throw the exclamation points in there. Why not? Yeah, I don't think the exclamation point is appropriate. I think that's too much. But <laughs> I don't like it when people do it to me. It pisses me off, but I do it to other people. Apparently, you're you're like in a very uh, angry mood today. Apparently, a lot of things have made you mad today. I'm just an angry person about small things that people do. Like the minutia is what drives me insane. I don't worry about the big stuff. I mean, I feel like you, you're the guy that's in a grocery store that is just judging the shit out of everybody. No, not really. I mean, I go to the grocery store with my son, and we pick out peppers. So, I mean, maybe before. <laughs> no, I'm a I'm an all-business person at the grocery store. Like, I'm in there. I'm trying to get in and out as fast as I can. Are you a uh, – are you like – so, you know, around Christmas time, or, or, or say it's a birthday or whatever – and and you have like you're going to the store for one thing. Are you a one in like raid in raid out get that object and you're and you're done? Or are you like a are you a browser? No, I'm not a browser at all. I'm task efficient. Do people even do that anymore? Like, do they just go to like Best Buy or 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 one of these? I guess it'd be Meyer or Walmart now and just like browse. I think you never do that. No, I don't think people really do that anymore. I mean, if they do, it's like relaxation shopping. I don't think anybody does that when they're trying to get something done. I think they do that online when they're supposed to be at work. I may or may not know somebody in my life that uh, literally is on eBay or Amazon probably 18 out of 24 hours a day just trying to find a deal. What? I've never understood the idea of people who are looking for a deal. They're like, oh, but this is 10% off. Yeah, if you don't buy it, it's 100% off. Think how cheap it is <laughs> if you don't buy it. Well, I mean, it, it's obviously the world we live in, right, where people feel like they need things. So to each their own, I don't care. What is something that you feel like you need? Oh, uh, like like. Like a material object, like something that I feel like I have to buy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something's on sale. Something's on sale. You're going to stock up. You're like, ooh. Oh, God. This is really embarrassing, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, I'm a sucker for, like, candle sales. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know... You know what? I don't really even like. I like candles. Like I'm not even. I'm not even ashamed of it. But I figured you would make fun of it. What about the candles? Is so. What is it? Do you like? Uh, I don't even. I get, why? I got you. This is like the third time I've gotten you this episode. This is a girl. I'm. A, I'm doing great today. Right? Because I don't understand. Like what? What do you like about the candle? This is gonna sound really bad. Uh, There's no way it can sound worse. That's true. Uh, the smell, the way it burns, you know, uh, sometimes just the candle looks cool from the outside, like before it burns. Are you, <laughs> are you starting fires in the backyard? <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I, I, I do have a fire from time to time, but I, I you know what? I, I'll go on record saying that I would prefer a nice lit candle over a fire and a fire pit any day. Okay. When you, <laughs> okay. When you light these candles and stare at them, are you by yourself? Are you with somebody else? Like, is it just you in the room looking at it? Or do you invite no. company over? Well, first off, I don't want people thinking I just light the candle and just stare into the flame. I mean, that that's not what happens. But, you know, it's like a, it's a, like a relaxation, uh, you know, thing, right? You light the candle and, you know, it makes the room smell good and it's like, it's, it's relaxing. So what are you doing though? You like, okay, walk me through. You're home alone. You've got some, you've got some quality John Shull time. You've got one of your favorite candles. Um, what are you, what are you going to do? Well, you know, I, I grab a bottle of lotion and, uh, you know, try to find Skinamax. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, I, I just, I usually turn on the TV or, or you know, it's just, it's just like just something that's re- relaxful. I mean, I don't, there's really nothing else to it. What do you put the candle next to the TV or is the candle next to you? <laughs> the, <laughs> sometimes the candle's next to the TV, but usually the candle like is on a, you know, on a, um, like a nightstand uh, kind of pedestal. Yes. Yeah, a nightstand or like a, or like the kitchen counter or something. How close are we talking? Like what's your preferred distance between you and the candle? <laughs> I don't know, uh, five to ten feet. Okay, so you don't want to be too close, but you want to be close enough. Um, do you have a fragrance? You have a fragrance preference? <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a big sucker for like cinnamon, like the spices. I like the spice. You, how big of a candle are you going? You going small, medium, large? Uh, I mean, well, getting the largest on sale is the best is the best deal. So I try to get the largest, and they burn longer. Okay, like how many how many candles is the Shoal household going through a week? You realize everyone turned this off ten minutes ago. No, right? I think either way, either they turned it off or are incredibly fascinated by the fact that you have candles. <laughs> Go on, answer uh, the question. Well, what's the question? How many do I? Have? How many how many I'm candles are you going months? through a month? Let's say. Uh, I mean, probably five to ten. Holy shit! So you just lighten these things every day. <laughs> I mean, I would say at least every other day, if not every day, you know, one of them is being lit for sure. So you're going to come home, you're going to light it. Like, oh, tough day. Got to light a candle. <laughs> Get out of the way, Melissa. You know what time it is. It's candle time. <laughs> it's candle time, honey. Wow. That is, um, yeah, that's you something. You expecting that answer, were No, you? I don't know. Like how many? Okay, last question about your candle fetish. Um, Thank God. How many? Like, if it's a good sale, let's say we're talking twenty five percent, twenty five to fifty percent off at Yankee Candle. How many oh, candles? Oh, oh. You- how many candles? I mean, if, if if there's a sale like that, I'm probably coming home with four of them. Wow. Wow. Oh yeah. Do you light different candles, or are you going to burn through one all at the same time, or do you not like to mix your fragrances? Uh, I usually don't like to mix the fragrances, but what I will do is I will light one during the day, and then I'll you know, light another one at night. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, you know. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'll get like a, you know, a Yankee Candle follow or something out of this. Who knows? I've, 
You might be one of the premier Yankee. You're probably the only man I've ever known that's gone to Yankee Candle more than once. I'm probably the only man you know that uh, that will admit that he likes candles. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think people are probably there's probably a large contingent of secret candle likers. I could see that. Um, did you know that in the ranking of Mario Kart characters? Rosalina, Lemmy, Baby Peach, and Baby Daisy are considered to be the worst characters, while Baby Mario, Baby Luigi, Dry Bones, and Light Me are considered to be what's called E-tier characters, as they are like the second worst characters. Hey, what's your what's your new segment? I well, we didn't really discuss it. So yeah, we I, did. I wanted to ask you. Yeah, we did. We did off, discuss it. We discussed two, two it last things. week. No, you you came up with like have something versus something. Like, there's no. Substance that. Anyways, there's two things I want to say. One thing is that I'm currently wearing our Spider-Man or my Superman uh, T-shirt that we got at Comic Con. God, that still fits. I can't believe it does. There's even a little room in it. To be honest with you, you losing weight? Uh, uh, no, no, not really. <laughs> um, and then secondly, I wanted to ask you. The wife and I went on our first date, uh, pretty much in months. Okay. Last night. Two things happen on this date, which I feel like I need to tell you. One is we went to an Italian restaurant. Anyways, we got a garlic and goat cheese like appetizer. Okay. Okay. I thought it was going to be like garlic goat cheese, right? It comes out. It's literally like four cloves of garlic on goat cheese. And they gave you like some crispy bread to eat it with. Well, my wife didn't want to eat the garlic, the cloves. So I said, fine, I'll eat every single one of them. <laughs> so I ate like five cloves of garlic. Oh, God, an idiot. <laughs> this morning, I, well, actually, really, I mean, just until recently, like, I could not stop farting garlic. <laughs> but, like, I didn't have anyone at home besides my daughter and my dog to share this with. So when my wife got home, from work, the first thing she said was, why does it smell like fucking garlic in here? Did you shit your pants? <laughs> I had to say no, even though I really have been farting all day. So, my first question is, have you ever eaten something knowing that like the next day, the next morning, or even that night, like you're just, it's gonna, it's gonna be real bad? No. You've never, you never had like like fast food or something where you're like, oh shit, this is not going to be, it's not going to be a good evening, but I'm going to do it anyways because it's, it's worth it at the time. No. All right. Well, that, uh, that, that, that's good. Um, so that leads me to the second thing. Uh, when you're out with your wife or whoever, uh, or friends, can you, t- my mistress? Ultimate- <laughs> my- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you, can you always tell when it's like the first daters? Oh, no. The first date, the first couple of dates, I think you can tell pretty easily. I think, like, the dying relationship ones are the ones that are more interesting to me. The one where you look over and, like, they're, they're, they're easily, like, 10 years in and just have nothing to fucking say to each other at all and don't <laughs> speak. Like, yeah, we're eating and then we're going to leave and continue to not speak. Like, the. Well, I mean, yeah, it's funny you say that. Yesterday, we were kind of wedged in between two couples. One couple 
I, I assume they were the longtime married couple, though they, they didn't look very, very old. But they were both on their cell phones literally the entire meal. Yeah, that's a, that's a longtime married couple right there. <laughs> like, I kept looking over at them thinking, like, you know, they were going to make some kind of eye contact, nothing. But then, then the other couple, I assume they were on one of their first few dates because I could hear this guy, like, he was trying to act very suave. Mm. Including he bought two very, very nice bottles of wine. Dang. Like, for two people. And I even heard uh, the server, because we were like at a, we were like sharing a table with some space in the middle. Like, I heard the server ask him, like, are you sure you want to buy that second bottle of wine, sir? And then he pointed at the menu, and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I want that one. I don't care what the price is. Oh, and that's, that's a, that's, yeah, that's a first couple of dates move. And he's, <laughs> if that girl is somehow listening, move on, move on. <laughs> I, I almost wanted to just like lean over and and be like, "Hey, guy, like I'll take one of those bottles of wine off your hands because you're not making it through both. I can guarantee you that." How how good are you at listening to other people's conversations secretly? I, I mean, pretty good. I mean, for instance, like yesterday, like it was impossible not to want to listen because you know if the couple to our left said anything, the cell phone couple, it was probably going to be them fighting, and that was going to be entertaining. Yeah, and then liter- literally to our to our right was this other couple, this presumed new couple, where like he didn't let her get a word in. Ooh. It was all him. That's the kind of guy though that's gonna say, "I don't care about the price. I don't care whatever it costs. Nothing's I, too good for this." What's your name again? I can see. Yeah, like, I can yeah. fucking see that guy. Well, I listen. I I, I don't know fashion at all, right? I this this guy next to me was wearing Crocs. wait a minute he He was trying to impress with how much he could buy with a bottle of wine and he had crocs on at the same time yeah i mean he was he was wearing like are you but like like boat shorts like a really nice polo and then these crocs did you know the d tier character the d tier mario kart characters are considered to be toadette (laughs) wendy isabella koopa troopa Lakuta or Lakutu, <laughs> Bowser Jr. C minus tier is Toad, Shy Guy, and Larry. Listen, I don't care anything about what you just said. I can hear your blood boiling, and it makes me happy. Are you? Do you have anything else? Because you obviously, like, I knew you wouldn't actually have your segment ready, even though it basically came up with it. It, it honestly took no more than probably twenty seconds of thought. I still don't know what the segment is. <sighs> Okay. Are you ready to do our top five? <laughs> I really I really know what it is, but now I'm just doing it just to bother you, and it makes my day so much better. I think I'm going to have to calm down and go light a candle. What kind of candle did you suggest? <laughs> uh, one with, uh, you know, maybe do like midnight oil, you know, like a lavender. Could you, Are you knowledgeable enough to be a candy like, – could you be a candle salesman? Could you go into Yankee Candle right now if they hired you and just take over? Goddamn right I could. Nice. Okay, so for people who haven't tuned out already after this fascinating discussion about Crocs and Yankee <laughs> Candle, our top five is top five Mario Kart characters. Now, are you going with the ones that you think are the best, or are you going with your favorite ones that you just like? Oh, I'm I'm going with, uh, well, I, it's a mixture. I'm going with a mixture. Okay. What's your number five? 
So, like, my number five is Luigi. Way only too low for Luigi. Only because I you have to put him on the list. Wait so. a minute. Well, okay, I agree with I agree with that sentiment that you have to put either Mario or Luigi on the list. Do you have my Mario higher than you have Luigi? I do. Yes. Okay. Significantly higher. Yes, kind of, yes. Okay. I have Mario at number five. I mean, he's... Now, do you have Luigi higher? I do have Luigi higher. Um, Interesting. For me, it's just like, it, it's Mario Kart. You can't not put Mario on there. But in terms of playing him, like, it's not that fun to be the main character when you could be other people. It's kind of cool to be other people. That's why I can't put Mario any higher. And I, I, I only put Luigi on there, like I said, just because you have to. You know, you can't leave off one or the other. So he gets like a sympathy nod at number five. Okay, who's your number four? Donkey Kong. Ooh, okay. I have, I went next level on you and went Funky Kong. You know, I, I didn't know if we were doing like, you know, like the uh, the different versions or whatever. Uh, but, fun. I mean, they're both good. I mean, they're both fun to play with. Okay, who's your number three? Uh, so if anyone checked out my Instagram or is, I kind of made fun of you for this character, but I actually really like him and it's Toad. Okay. Wait a minute. You go and, apparently there's all different kinds of colors. There's blue Toad, red Toad, kid Toad. You just going straight Toad? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm just going the original Toad. (laughs) Okay. I'm going, I'm starting to go out of the box on mine. My number three is Shy Guy. Okay. I mean. Shy Guy is always one of those characters, like when you're playing Burio Kart, and like you know, you're just sitting there drinking. You think you haven't made the next thing, you know, fucking Shy Guy goes rolling past. Yeah, Shy Guy doesn't mess around. Once he gets his speed built up, he gets going. Plus, he has an awesome celebration at the end. I can't remember it. I just remember that I saw his celebration at the end. I was like, "That's my dude. That's my dude." <laughs> uh, so my number two is Mario. Yeah. Okay. My number two is Luigi. Oh shit. Um, the reason why I have Mario, you know, really Mario should be number one, right? He's the face of the franchise. You know, he's the LeBron James, blah, blah, blah. But he, he just, he doesn't, you know, like kind of what you said earlier, I don't play with him a lot, but you know, like he has to be one or two for me. So he's number two. I, I, I understand that idea that like he has to be up there simply because he is like the Mario Kart and he's Mario but he's just not that it's like who are you going to pick Ooh, Mario what kind of ice cream are you going to get Ooh, vanilla <laughs> what kind of candle are you going to get oh just a cinnamon one no big deal what's your wildest candle that you've ever bought like when did you really go out there on a fragrance wow well, I mean I would say I mean the infused ones are the best like the ones where like they're actually infused with like real pine tree or you know real spruce or you know like real daisy because those ones are like i mean they'll hit you they'll hit you hard i don't even know what to say what's (laughs) what is i hope we have the same number one because it's possible Uh, no i know who you have okay let's each one of us gets a guess you guess who you think mine is going to be and i'll guess who you i think yours is going to be I'm going to say you went with Koopa Troopa. I'm going to say you went with Bowser. You are correct. I knew it. I knew it. Why did you pick Bowser? 
for a few reasons. One, he's a badass. He's he's the biggest physical character in in the game, I believe. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's right. You are. He always he always seems to like his cars are just always like even on the other versions when he has a bike or like you know a motorcycle like his cars just look the coolest and I I've always liked like when he fires a red shell or something and he does that laugh but it's like a Bowser laugh. Oh, that he does like that. Rrr, 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 rrr. Yeah, I know. Yeah, wow, about. you actually did that pretty well. Yeah, I'm I'm prepared. I come to this show ready. Uh, my number one is Wario. Oh, that's lame. Wario sucks. How are you gonna say Wario sucks? Got that How mustache. Are you gonna put Wario above Mario. Because Wario's funner. The bad guy's always funner. Um, do you want me to? Okay, I'm gonna read the rest of this tier list, scientific tier list. C plus is Tanuki Mario, Inkling Boy, Villager, and Peach. B is Mario, Luigi, Ludwig, Iggy, Medium Me, A minus, Rosalina, King Boo, and Link. S tier, which is apparently almost the best, is Bowser, Morton, Heavy Me, Waluigi, Donkey Kong, and Roy. And then SS tier, the best of the best, is Wario, Dry Bowser, Waluigi, Donkey Kong, and Roy. Hmm. All right. I mean, I'm surprised uh, that Roy is up there. But I, don't, I don't even know who I... Roy is. Do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, so Yoshi is up there. Koopa Troopa. Uh, I had Link as well. Uh, Koopa Troopa was really like I like I like him a lot, but he just he couldn't crack. Uh, I also like Dry Bones. He's always fun to play with. But <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, make your sexual innuendo joke. No, no, no. I got I got nothing to say. Nothing to say. You know, if you want to be an asshole, you can always be uh, like Baby Peach. Or, or you know one of the babies yeah you know, that's people. never fair when people do that crap what what are your honorable mentions i'm a fan of um the guy on the broom kamix oh uh, cutlicks i like that guy yeah i do like dry bowser i think he's pretty cool i like the big oh i like some of the you know i don't really give a shit all right, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. I want to thank Mariah so much for joining us. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We love hearing from you guys. Some of the comments that you guys have sent in have just been have been either insulting and really funny or they've they've really been uplifting and and kind of motivated us to keep doing this. And I've said this before, but now that we kind of have our stuff together, we're going to do a lot more to try and feature some of the things that you guys have been saying to us on this show. That's going to start next episode, which will actually be our one-year anniversary, our 52nd show. Quick note, we are still doing the Game of Thrones contest. I know that I've said that the last couple of episodes, but it's true. We've just got... We've got a lot of entries that we're kind of going through, and maybe we made this point system too complicated, but either way, we're going to get this done, and we're still working on who the winner is going to be. Coming up in our next episode, it's our 52nd, like I mentioned, so I think we're going to do something special, and maybe have another giveaway too. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.